today on It's Time. Prayer is probably the key after you're born again in moving in the Spirit. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Colossians. So, open your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Notice he says, an open door. Always praying for an open door. Got an opportunity to share your love with people. Now notice what he says here. That I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. Oh, that we, as we ought to speak. Have you ever said something and you went, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. And you wish you could take the words back. That's why we need to be careful of our words. Our words are something we give, we can never take back. You can say you're sorry for what you said, but you can never take your words back. That's why the Bible says we need to be, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. What comes more of this is sin. Why is that? Because we can say things we wish we wouldn't say. Now notice what he says in verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards those who are on the outside, redeeming the time. Now, he's not talking on the outside of the prison walls. He's saying outside of the family of God. Notice again, he says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside of the family of God. We need to be wise when we talk to them and redeem the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how and ought to answer every person. Why is that? We need to size up the person. Now, again, when we go back to praying for open opportunity, that we need to size up who we're talking to. You know, there's an old saying that's been said, if you'll listen to somebody, they'll tell you everything wrong with them in just a few minutes if you've learned to listen. Why is that? Because people talk sometimes and they, they, they want to get help in their lives. Well, I sure don't know what the world's coming to. When a person says that, they are concerned about the future. That's an open opportunity. That's like God saying, eh, 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 talk to this one, you know. Why is that? Because they're thinkers. Well, he says, let your speech always be with grace. What's grace? Giving more than you take. That's what God does. Mercy is not getting what we deserve from God. Grace is God giving to us what we don't deserve. God being good. God being that person that is always a supplier of everything we need. Well, he said, let your speech when you talk to people on the outside be like that. Be always that person that that goes the extra mile, that gives them more than than they really are asking for. And that you may know how to answer each one. Why is that? That's led by the Spirit. See, those little things that you pick up on as you listen to somebody. Again, they'll tell you what's wrong. These are part of, I believe, God does in prayer. 
All the way through the Bible, we find it isn't to talk God into my plan. It's that God wants to do something right now. Do you know God has put you on this earth for a reason? And because he's put you on this earth for a reason, he has a plan for you. But if I never pray, first of all, if I don't accept Christ as my Savior, I'll never, I'll never know that. But once we accept Christ as our Savior, then what, God, do you want me to do? What you're going to do for God is not going to be what somebody else does. This is the danger of copycat Christianity, copycat churches, you know, whatever one church is doing and it's got a lot of people going, hey, don't worry about that. What you want to do is be about your father's business. We're going to see how, how important this is here in just a minute. Verse 7, now he gets in to his list of compadres. We I need friends in the ministry. We do. You got to have friends. You, you, you just got to have friends. Again, Solomon tells us, be careful who you pick for friends, because you pick the wrong ones, it's going to drag you the wrong direction. Tychius. Now this guy's an interesting fella. His name means, the word in the Greek, beginning with the word Ty, means fortunate. Tychius, who is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you the news about me. He was the one that brought the message back to the church at Colossae. And and Tychius is interesting because notice what he says here. He will tell you the news about me. Now this is important, friends. If you like to take notes, write this down. Godly concern without gossip. Godly concern without gossip. There's a big difference And the church world today, and Christians in particular, gossip runs wild. That's why God hates it. And here's why. Because the person is not there to defend themselves. It's like in Vietnam. If you ever remember anybody that was there or grew up in that era, we remembered the Viet Cong would hide in the bushes. And the American troops would walk along, and they'd just pick off one at a time, hiding in the bushes. You never ever saw your enemy. They were just picking you off one at a time. That's what gossip is like. You never really can identify who's doing it. They just keep pecking away. This is the danger. And, and, and this is the way the world is. And of course, it's imbalanced. And, and, and so the Bible warns about that. We have to have godly concern without gossip. You know, the Bible says to be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. We all need to forgive one another. I'm sending him to you so you will know, so you'll know the news about me. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know the circumstances and the comfort of your hearts. With one Anisimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, that they may make known to you which are the happenings here. Now, this word onismus means profitable. Uh, this is the, probably the same one we find about in the book of Philemon. He was a runaway slave, crossed paths with Paul, led him to the Lord. Onismus fesses up, I'm a runaway slave, which would carry the death sentence in Roman days. And so Paul acts as an intermediary and he writes a letter to Philemon saying, please take Onesimus back. Don't kill him. Receiving the way you would. And if he's ran up any debt, put it on my account. 
Paul acted exactly as an ambassador, as an intermediary should. Not as a gossip, but as somebody that genuinely cared about him. Arcus, Arcus, the next one. First and best inmate. My fellow prisoner greets you. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. The name Barnabas means son of consolation. Of whom you receive instruction, for he comes to you. Welcome him. And literally, here we find the word, and Jesus, which is really the word Joshua, who is called Justice. By the way, that's why it was Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, Because there was a lot of Joshua's born in those days. The name Jesus in the original language is the word Joshua. But it was Joshua of Nazareth, or Jesus of Nazareth. Says that these are my only workers for the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision and have proved to be a comfort to me. Now, let's look at this. You can count them all on one hand, friends. He said, these are my only friends of the circumcision. Now, friends, think about that for a minute. How many people did Paul lead to the Lord? How many people did he know? And he said, I can count all my friends on one hand. Now, think about that for a minute. So Christianity is not going to make you super popular. That's okay. You better be popular with Christ rather than anybody else. You see, God has people around you that are your friends. You don't need lots. You only need those that are sold out for Jesus. You know, I've shared this before. I've talked to people. They say, well, I got lots of friends. I go, really? Do you know you don't know who your friends are until everything goes wrong in your life? You know that? A friend walks in when everybody else walks out. Always remember that. You know, when you're in high school, you got gas, you got a car, you're the school's friend. Come pick me up, let's go cruising on a Saturday night. But when daddy takes the T-bird away, or you lose your job and you don't have gas for your car insurance anymore, and your parents take your car away, nobody calls you anymore. Why? Because there's somebody else that's got the car now. Fairweather friends. Very deceitful because you don't really know who your friends are until things go rough in your life. See, the Bible says a friend loves at all times. And you won't know, you won't know who your friends are until you go through hard times. And you'll be amazed, and here's what the amazement is. The ones who you thought were your friends leave And the ones that you didn't know were your friends show up. Isn't it amazing? I have been taken back more by that. If you don't get anything else out of the sermon, get these two things. One, Jesus loves you, died for your sins. And number two, you don't know who your friends are until you go through hard times. Paul, the great evangelist, everybody loving him. Everybody, then he ends up in prison. And he says, I have five left. Boy, I'll tell you, that, that, that doesn't sound too good in a popularity contest, does it? And he says, Ephras, who is, one of you, who is one of you, servant of Christ, greets you, 
always laboring fervently in prayers, that you may stand perfect, complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Now, this is interesting. He lists his friends. Luke, which we get the book of Luke from, who wrote the book of Acts, he says, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Now, what's so interesting here? Well, we find in 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas, having loved this present world, departed from the faith. Pretty serious. That's why we need to be careful. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. That's what he does. That's why you want to stay with the gang. You want to stay with Christians. Demas. Best friends with Luke who wrote Acts and wrote the Bible, wrote the book of Luke, departed having loved the present world. So he goes on and he says, Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, Nephes and the church that is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans as well as read in the epistle of Laodicea. And say to Acropus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains, grace be with you, so be it. Amen. You know, you look at this. Paul writes this letter, recognizing his friends, telling us all that we're complete in Christ. There's nothing you can do to add to your salvation. Oh, if so many Christians would just get that, they would never become a victim to the cults. Well, you know, Jesus died for your sins, but you're not really saved unless you worship on Saturday. Or you don't eat pork. Or you get sealed in the temple. Or you do this. Or you do that. What they're saying is you are not complete in Christ until you join our club. That's a lie. The Bible says you're complete in him the minute that you accept Christ Jesus as your Savior. Old pass away. All things become new. You're a new creature in him. Live like it. You're in Jesus. That's good news. See, that's going to help give you the bearings that you need to navigate in a world that's gone absolutely mad. The Bible says in the last days, they'll say what is good is evil and evil is good. Have you noticed the LBTG movement? Hollywood's approving it. The news media's got thumbs up. And the Bible says, wrong. Isn't it amazing? So yeah, you want to be popular. Well, you're not going to be popular if you follow what God says. The Bible tells us what is acceptable and unacceptable in the kingdom of God. It is not left up for a vote. The Bible is not a democracy where we all vote. Well, do you think this is really right or do you think this is really wrong? Well, you know, if all of us agree to it, then I guess it's okay. No, the Bible stands on its own. It's written there. It's absolute. It is the anvil, and it's worn out many hammers of those that hammer on it. Let God be God. You know, I love living in absolutes. I love knowing what the answer is. I heard a story about one time about a guy. He was a world racquetball player. And and what was so weird is he only had one arm. 
And he said, they asked him, they said, how are you able to beat these people with two arms? And he says, well, you see, when it comes down to that quarter microsecond of decision, I don't have to make that. They're saying right hand or left hand, right hand or left hand, and they pass the, the, the racket back and forth. He goes, I don't have that option. And in that quarter of microsecond, I can beat him because I don't have to make that decision. I already know what I need to know. You see, we don't have to worry about those decisions that we make because God has already made them for us. You say, but Mike, you don't understand. I've I known God and I've done a lot of things wrong. The great news is this, God forgives. That's the thing you always have to remember. You know, sometimes you never realize how good it feels to be forgiven until you're forgiven. And you know, that's what the Bible talks about. So that way we have a thankful heart. That way we understand these friends in the faith that God has given us. So that we understand we're complete in him. That in Jesus, as it tells us in Colossians chapter 2, in Jesus lived the Godhead in bodily form. We know who he is. All these things are so important in a world that has no absolutes. This morning, I don't know if you've ever accepted Christ as your Savior. If you haven't, I wouldn't compel you to do so. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, they've been saying things about the Bible and the world's going to end for millions of years. And, uh, and, and, and since our fathers fell asleep, all things remain as they are. That's what the Bible says they're going to say. Well, friends, we have a rogue nation, one of the 20th poorest countries on earth that has just developed the hydrogen bomb. It'll wreck your day. It doesn't matter whether it was made in the United States or Russia or China. It'll wreck your day. We are in a different world than we've ever been before. And I would encourage you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, today's your day. The Bible says if we put our faith, hope, and trust in him, he'll forgive us. This morning, if you've never prayed and asked Christ into your life, we're going to pray. And you can ask God to come into your life. And you can move away from the gossip and the, all that junk that oftentimes is, is, is wrapped up in what's so-called pseudo-Christianity and move out of that mess and move into real Christianity where God's love reigns supreme. Friends, that's what God's love is about. Let God do something brand new in your life this morning. If you've never prayed, we're going to pray right now. The Bible says we need to repent. That means stop living the foolish way you've lived to define your life. Let God define it. Be about his business. God's got, I got all these things I want. I want Mike to do for me. Oh, Mike, will you pray? Will you just pray and ask me? And I'll, I'll show you what you're supposed to do. And I can be so busy. I don't do any of those things. You know, if you just pray and pray fervently, I'll show you what you're supposed to do and you won't be wasting your life. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? God goes, all right, and starts opening doors. You see the miracles and the power of God again. What, just like in the Old Testament, New Testament, God's still in the miracle working business? Yes. He's never changed. Hebrews 13, 8. Good verse to write down in your Bible. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He's always the same. If you need to get right with God this morning, let's pray.
Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I have sinned. I've lived my life without you. And from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you to make me the best I can be for you. And from this day forward, I commit all of my life into your hands. So now forgive me. Write my name in your book of life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And thank you that I can spend my eternity with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. The Bible says, come and, and, and know me. And, and, and the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. So read your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And start reading the book of John, chapter 3, and just read. God will speak to you. The Bible says to be baptized as obedience, not to be saved. You're saved right now. But as an act of obedience, I announced that last week. We got about eight people that want to get baptized now. And you may be somebody else that wants to, and I'd like to just get your number. And then we'll announce it here in the next couple of weeks, and we'll all go get baptized. That'll be a great time. And the whole church gets to come and go swimming too. So it's always a blessing. And so let God do that. If you need to be baptized, please let me know. And then, again, be around Christians that love Jesus. They're going to help you. They're going to encourage you. Always remember, again, concern without gossip. That's God's way. That's what God does. Let him bless you. Put yourself in a place where God can bless you. He will bless you. Father, this morning, for every person in this room, listening across the world on the Internet, all across the stations on CSN, for those that said yes to you this morning, may your Holy Spirit change, touch, heal, and may your Holy Spirit replace the confusion of living each day with your purposes from this day forward. And so, Lord, we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would keep us For those that said yes to you, may you just pour your bucket of golden love all over them and let them know how much you love them and how much you're going to do a brand new work in their life and that you don't have favorites and what you've done for others, you'll do for them. And God, again, thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.